0: Welcome to Dream Deep. Stories from Inside with Molly. And Nikki. Together we share stories, interviews, and ideas about what it means to dream deep and live fully. I'm Molly, a mama to three, a wife and owner of a small business in Virginia, Molly Suzanne, a photography company recently expanding to do custom coloring books and acrylic paintings. I'm Nikki Weaver, an artist, a healer, mover, maker, mama to two,
1: wife to one, and currently building work with incarcerated women and women on the outside through a nonprofit called On the Inside, living in Portland, Oregon. we're back Guys? <laughs> we got molly and nikki here and uh today we we thought we'd gather and share some of our favorite poetry yeah um, yeah anything else you want to say molly
0: oh i was just having a great time a little bit ago just browsing different options for poetry that inspired and moved me in some way and energized me in some way and um So I'm super excited to share because yeah, just the the researching process is really fun too. just kind of looking through books and seeing what pops out at you. And, um, so yeah, it's been lots of fun this morning. Yeah. Well, and
1: and I think like one, one of the things we touched on a little bit too, Molly was being like two white women coming together, black history month. We both have kids. How are we navigating that? How are we like talking and sharing about that? And, uh, yeah, you you said you picked a particular poet to share for, for that particular reason, and and yeah. it's interesting. I I realized yesterday all the poets I gathered are also um, I, I would say indigenous women that identify as Indian or Native American, and I grabbed all women because I was like, oh, I'm just gonna grab my female poets to tomorrow. So, yeah, cool. yeah
0: I'll Love say
1: you. more more about them as we as we share, but uh, yeah,
0: yeah, Why don't yeah you get well, started. Oh, me? Okay, okay, I'll go first.
1: Um, This is a a new poet I've discovered. Her name's Nikita Gill. I'm showing Molly the cover of the book if you're listening to us. It's called Wild Embers. Really, the interesting thing about this is um, somebody sent me one of her poems and said, This reminds me of you, Nikki. And then this arrived in the mail about a week later, and I have no idea who sent it. <laughs> and, I, and I've asked that friend, another friend, and everybody says, nope, don't know where it came from. Aww. But uh, the other part of the cover says, poems of rebellion, fire, and beauty. Um, there's a couple I'll, I'll read from hers, but we'll, Mo- Molly and I will probably go back and forth. So. Maybe, maybe you're walking with us today, maybe you're sitting on your couch, maybe you're watercoloring one of Molly's favorite passions. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you're just pondering what to do next in your day, but uh, yeah, hopefully our, our words and these great poets will, uh, will carry you forward. Yeah. Uh, this one, this is the, the first one when I got this book that I opened it up to, and uh, I just thought it would be an interesting place to start called for her. Every day I thank the girl in me that believed my life could still be something magical even when the darkness was enough to chew her up and spit her out even when the ledge was close enough for her to end it all. She still chose life and I owe it to her to make something incredible of myself. On the days I succeed I put my hand on my heart and whisper to her this is for you. Fairy tales exist. They always have. We just have to rewrite them over and over again till they fit.
0: I love that. Wow.
1: Yeah, me too. It, it, it when it arrived in the mail, I asked one friend, I said, Elena, did you send this to me? And she said, no. But open it up and see what you open it to. <laughs> <laughs> and then tell me what it is and so that was the poem that I first read and uh anyway I you know she, Nikita Gill what I've just been learning about her uh an Indian woman I'm not sure exactly where she lives I think in the United States but uh I've just found many of her poems compelling uh and, and I'll share a couple more um today as we keep recording but uh this this book has been like sweet salve on my dark days to just open it up to so yeah awesome I love it yeah Um, Yeah.
0: I think that that's really neat to talk about honoring the the little did did she say little girl in you or something or was it yeah
1: yeah let me see if I can find that page again oh sorry uh yeah I thank the girl in me Mm -hmm.
0: I love that analogy you know thinking about the girl in you You know, Mm -hmm. cartoli even refers to our inner voice or our inner critic or whatever you want to call it, that voice in your head. So I thought that was really an interesting perspective when she talked about that.
1: Me me too, you know, and it's often what they, they say to us as we get older, when we get deadened by life or by, you know, our circumstance, that we should go back to who we were when we were a kid and try and remember the things that we loved, the things that we used to do, you know, and I bet painting was probably a big part of your world or making pictures, you know, um, and, and it definitely, I mean, play was such a big part of my world. At some point, I sort of thought I shouldn't play. I had to find a real job, (laughs) you know, (laughs) Uh, until I was like, oh, people make money doing that. I just have to figure out the how, um, yeah that, that this poem to me really speaks to that uh, and, and the image at where she has the putting your hand on your heart and saying this is for you yeah
0: and having confidence that where you're at in your life is where you should be too yeah mm. um, i think that that inner critic is it's really um it can be hard some days where you hear you know what am i doing with my life you know i've also had the thought Is this a real job? Maybe I need to get a real career and all of those things, you know, come flooding in some days and just to kind of recognize that and sit with it and realize that you're where you need to be and honoring that.
1: Yeah. And yeah, exactly. so much harder to do sometimes, right?
0: Oh, Absolutely. It is. Yeah. Without a doubt.
1: <laughs> you, you know, and, and I love that we both have a shared love for poetry and language. Cause it's definitely one of the things that I come back to when I'm feeling stuck or lost yeah. or, or dead, <laughs> um, that it sort of pulls me up out of myself and, and reminds me to, I think, look out sometimes Molly, you know?
0: Yeah, I'm actually reading a book right now. Um, it's called "By the Effing Lilies."
1: <laughs> Sorry, what was that?
0: <laughs> right, like <laughs> it's funny because it's it's a uh, the book has a bunch of lilies and it's like the the um, U for the effing is like covered up with a lily. But she she talks about you know if lilies make you know fresh lilies make you happy, buy them for yourself. You know, and just talking about she's an incredible writer and author, and she encouraged, um, she encouraged, (laughs) sorry about that, real life. (laughs) Um, She encourages you every morning to write three pages in your journal of just everything that comes up, every emotion that comes up, every thought that comes up, and not like today, I did this, or today, I want to do this, or my to-do list, but just so you kind of dump everything out that's in your brain and then it helps you sort of have a clean slate for the day. And I've just been, so I've been trying to write more just because it's, it's really freeing and it's amazing what comes up in those moments. Yeah. Uh,
1: have so, you ever, Molly, done The Artist's Way? I haven't. Mm, you might want to look at that. The Artist's Way, I can't, I think her, the writer I think is Jillian um, something. It's a pretty old book, but it's all, it's a workbook slash um, book of lessons and there's space in it to write but one of the things that she talks to and it's something that a lot of I know theater artists that I know do is she her practice is called the morning pages and it's exactly that three pages unfiltered your your subconscious whatever comes out and just to continue that and her the artist way is like an eight-week practice Wow. And it's everything from taking yourself on a date to prioritizing, you know, your wants and needs. It's a, it's a beautiful book and she's written a sequel to it too, but uh, mm-hmm. for anybody needing motivation or uh, an opportunity to just come back to your creative center, her That's practices are really lovely, but yeah.
0: That sounds really, really awesome. And it sounds very similar to the writing style of the, the one that I'm reading right now. I'm almost finished with and Every chapter is just sort of like a new way of honoring yourself mm. and honoring where you're at, who you are, what you can do to um, sort of rekindle that relationship with yourself mm. and honor yourself. That's extremely important, you know, when you think about treating a best friend or a spouse or a child. One way you don't always you don't always give yourself the same type of treatment. So it's a, it's a really good reminder, but I will definitely have to check out the artist way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think you'll, I think you would love it. Yeah. I haven't done it, done it in a long time, but okay. those morning pages definitely brought me a lot of clarity.
0: Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I guess I I'm next. Okay, <laughs> Let's Start with a, with the book that you gave me Nikki young Pablo. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Okay. okay. So I'm going to start with this one. This is very interesting. It's a short one. Um, How many times has your mind taken a small piece of uncertain information and spun a story around it that ends up consuming your thoughts?
1: Uh, Already,
0: just in that moment. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure. (laughs) It's, I mean, so I'll just be honest with you here for a second. So uh, my husband and I were seeing our therapist this past week. We just see her because she's wonderful and we love her and she helps us just, you know, it's not necessarily that anything's wrong. It's just more that we want to, you know, sort of check in and she's, and and I tend to be an internalizer and it's really easy for me to um, be open and honest in front of a woman something about that. It helps me feel comfortable. And so it's really helped me to be more confrontational, more honest, more instead of kind of, I tend to clam up or go inward or internalize. Um, But she talks about that. She talks about um, how many times we kind of create a story or an expectation in, in our mind. And then when that expectation doesn't play out as reality, we get upset, we get anxiety. And to just kind of understand, and, and it and it kind of goes back to one of the other poems that I'm gonna talk about in a little bit that Eckhart Tolle talks about is just being in the now and as much as you can be in this moment and not narrate the past or the future. Mm. Um, so that one really, it was simple, but it was super um, profound for me. Um, I think, it, <laughs> my uh, therapist said that she has an actual t-shirt that says no expectation, no letdowns. Mm. A lot of times next you know, tattoo. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Give me an idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, no, I interrupted you. Go ahead. You said a lot, you were saying a lot, a lot of times.
0: Oh, yeah, a lot of times, you know, you, you have that that expectation in your mind or that narrative either about someone else about yourself the way that future should go the way a situation should go with a friend or whoever and it doesn't go that way you're either disappointed sad frustrated anxious um Mm -hmm. so it's really been helpful for me to just try to reset and when I catch myself doing it you know just bring yourself back to the moment and Mm -hmm. I'm like okay this hasn't happened so just chill out, you know, and yeah. it's helped.
1: Well, you know, that totally makes me think, Molly, Of um, it, it's a great thing to think about expectations in terms of my own feeling of disappointment, right? That often happens if I've expected in my brain something to go or be a certain way and then it doesn't. I'm the one that lives with the disappointment. Whoever's in my household or friends don't, I'm the one that's like, ah, you know, has the inner demon like fight, 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 uh-huh. which, which I, that speaks to, you know, something I think about like with Brian, if he says to me like, oh, so what do you want for dinner? You know, should I cook or are you going to cook? And I say, oh, you you know, you cook. If I say, oh, I don't care, whatever you want to make, it's fine. But in my own brain, I actually have this whole idea of like what I hope he makes, but I don't speak it out loud you know, then I definitely can find myself sitting at a table being like, well, this is not what I wanted to eat, you know, (laughs) but I didn't, but I didn't vocalize it. Right. Instead, I had like this whole inner conversation with myself (laughs) about what I wish would have happened. So no, that's true. I mean, I think that's made me think about our often time of planning is often in the morning over our coffee, right before the kids wake up or come, you know, bolting down the stairs, who's who's doing what you're doing drop-off you're doing pick up great and then we've got soccer and are you going are we all going are we taking the dogs great and then if we're all going who's doing dinner you know do you want me to get a start that that's been like the time to hopefully clarify expectations and if we do that well yeah then usually I have a pretty good day if we don't do that well and we kind of miss each other because we're on the phone or a computer or something then I do struggle like at the end of the day then I find myself feeling resentful and you know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wanting to be alone
0: <laughs> yeah it's totally to and it's funny because when you said something about you know with Brian cooking and and you sort of have an opinion but you didn't really share it I definitely can relate to that there's so many times that <laughs> I'll say to to Brad well I don't really care I mean but, then I'll but go, you do. Okay. He's like, so you do care. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, yeah, maybe I do care. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. I tend to just sort of be like, oh, it's fine. But
1: <laughs> right,
0: being okay with um, well, voicing where you are.
1: And I think what you spoke to, too, of like, um, of not wanting to sort of speak up or, or speak your truth, Molly, in front of other women, like, mm-hmm. it's such a great thing for me and all, all of us to think about really is having a strong opinion doesn't mean we have to be confrontational, right? But it, it means we get to identify our need or our want or, or what we really do care about, mm-hmm. um, which is scary to like say, no, I want
0: steak yeah
1: (laughs) you know I don't want those noodles but but ultimately I I believe at least in my relationships it's it's made communication stronger rather than more flip-floppy um hard but yeah
0: practice practice yeah I was gonna say it's funny you say that because I practice when I write in my journal I practice what I would say or how I would honor my feelings and speak up. And it's almost like it's my voice, even if it's on paper and not out loud, it's still a really great practice to help me sort of put towards what I'm feeling or what I'm thinking or what's going on with me in that moment.
1: Well, and it's, it's it's Young Pueblo's book, Clarity and Connection, right? It helps you get more clear.
0: Exactly. And
1: I was just having a conversation with a friend about this last night of, I'm such a fan of language, you know, using it, other people's reading it, watching it on a stage, listening to it in music. And so when people are lazy with their language, I get upset and then I get annoyed. And then I think I don't want to listen to that. I don't want to be around them. And because I do believe that language is like anything practice. And I I know myself, I was not born with somebody that really wanted to speak out loud. You know, I was the observer, I stood in the corner, I really was aware, but I was not the verbalizer in any situation, you know, which my friend who I was talking to last night, she sort of laughed and she said, that's kind of amazing because I think of you as somebody that is really clear in what you're thinking and what you're saying. And I said, well, I've, I've learned that and, I, and I've really like been persistent in wanting to practice it. And, you know, as I'm about to dive into the Shakespeare play, I look at the way he was writing Molly all those years ago. And there's such specificity. It's a whole visceral full body experience in two lines of text. And I'm like, he was, he was not censoring himself. And so many of us do, I think we dumb down our language of good, fine. Okay. Instead of actually saying what, what is really going on for us. And, um, you know, I, I, I love your practice of writing in your journal. And I think what you spoke to an internalizer, I often have to think through things in my brain or scribble out lots of unlegible notes Yeah. before I can write the clear sentence or before I can speak, you know, what I really want for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> but, but, and, and that that's a practice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, like these poems that we're sharing um, yeah. and we're going slow because we have a lot of words to share ourselves, but, well, it's, but, it's, but, it, but, it, but it's like, you know, I, I'm, I'm fairly certain that Nikita or Pixie or Naira Wahid these other poets I've brought, yeah. that they didn't sit down and write this in one setting, you know, and if they did, that there was reflection on what words they put on the page, and should they all live there, should they erase them, should they reorder them, right, uh, yeah. That, that's, that's maybe their courage expressed to us in what ended up on the page.
0: Sure.
1: Absolutely. Hmm. All right. All right. You ready for another one? I'm ready.
0: <laughs> Go for it.
1: All right. Well, here's a here's an interesting one. Just thinking about the process of art. Again, I'm just going to keep reading Nikita Gill for now because uh, okay. I'm having fun with her. Yeah. Uh, that, This one is called, again from her book, Wild Embers, and it's called The Truth About Art. People don't look at art because it's perfect. People look at art because it's extraordinary, strange, different, captivating, odd, unusual. They look at it because it stands out. Some artwork is so entrancing, people spend hours looking at it and in all of its strangeness. Sometimes entire rooms are dedicated to one masterpiece. So it is given its proper glory. Perfection is boring. It is stereotypical. It blends together and it's easily forgotten. What I'm trying to say is you can strive to be perfect or you can strive to be art.
0: I love it.
1: Me too. (laughs) I just want to like give a standing ovation.
0: (laughs) <laughs> Nikita, if
1: you ever listen to this, we're standing oh, and clapping for you.
0: We are, we are.
1: That is, uh,
0: oh, I love that, I love it.
1: Oh, uh, just just even, even the last like two sentences, Molly, what I'm trying to say is you can strive to be perfect or you can strive to be art. Mm. That that feels like that encapsulates so much for me.
0: It does. And it, I think that it also captures the essence of being completely who you are and and we were talking about this before we went to record that a lot of times we lose sight of who we really are and say who we were we were as children because it's kind of before we've been conditioned with where we're at our you know culture all of those things and who we're surrounding ourselves by um and you know just being okay to be different you know I Mm. I teach the kids all the time I cannot stand when they say you're weird or you're stupid or you know to me I'm like that's weird is good I think weird is a good word like being completely who you are and not conforming to what everybody else is doing or what everybody else is saying or wearing or whatever it might be um, I've always taught the kids to, to express how you want to express as long as it's in a loving way and it's not hurting someone else, you know? Um, yeah. so, and just being true to that. So, well, I
1: love- me too, me too. And, and what you speak to is, is something I've been saying to my daughters more often is your feelings are your strength. Your feelings mm-hmm. are your strength, you know? Um, yeah. cause I think that's true and they also are roadmaps you know, for, for what we want, you know, or what, or what we understand about ourselves. And, uh, yeah. it's easy to ignore them.
0: It is most definitely. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's really easy when you feel, I, I know that for me in middle and high school it was really hard for me to stand up for who I really wanted to be. And I tested so many different, you know, <laughs> like, let's try wearing Timberland boots and, you know baggy pants oh well let's try to be the punk or let's try to be this and it was just like I was testing the waters and like let's see how this feels you know instead of just like sitting with it and just being myself and not having to force anything uh to kind of have you be in this little box um and so now it's really freeing to be able to just be completely who I am especially being a mom and not having to you know, there's certain rules and things you have to abide by. With obviously, when you're younger, your parents and sort of what they think is correct. And um, so, yeah, it's a wonderful thing when you can kind of step outside of that and and honor who you are.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and how we keep learning that, and also how we keep trying to reinforce that for our kids.
0: Yeah, absolutely, I agree. I agree. Mm. All right. I got a long one here. All righty. Are you ready? Buckle up. I'm ready. <laughs> this one's my Angelo, and it's called Continue. Into a world which you needed you, my wish for you is that you continue. Continue to be who and how you are, to astonish a mean world with your acts of kindness. Continue to allow humor to lighten the burden of your tender heart. Continue in a society dark with cruelty to let the people hear the grandeur of God in the pearls of your laughter. Continue to let your eloquence elevate the people to heights they had only imagined. Continue to remind the people that each is as good as the other and that no one is beneath nor above you. Continue to remember your own young years and look with favor upon the lost and the least and the lonely, Continue to put the mantle of your protection around the bodies of the young and defenseless. Continue to take the hand of the despised and diseased and walk proudly with them in the high street. Some might see you and be encouraged to do likewise. Continue to plant a public kiss of concern on the cheeks of the sick and the aged and the infirm and count that as a natural action to be expected. Continue to let gratitude be the pillow upon which you kneel to say your nightly prayer and let faith be the bridge you build to overcome evil and welcome good. Continue to ignore no vision, which comes to enlarge your range and increase your spirit. Continue to dare to love deeply and risk everything for the good thing. Continue to float happily in the sea of infinite substance, which set aside riches for you before you had a name. Continue and by doing so, You and your work will be able to continue eternally.
1: Mm. Mm. Have
0: you you had this one, Molly, for a long time? Or or how did you discover it? I love all of her poems, to be honest. Um, I've always enjoyed them. This one's just one that's um, stood out to me more recently, probably as an adult. Um, And like we talked about, it says to remember your own young years and look with favor upon the lost and the least and the lonely. And I think it's just, um, you know, I I come back to um, the people that are struggling or the people that are bullied or the people that are, you know, just having a hard time. And I know there's a lot of people in this, you know, in the years that we are living in right now, especially with COVID and I don't know, just the world seems very evil to me right now. Um, And it's just kind of going back to those, um, you know, just the simple acts of kindness, a simple act of reaching out to someone that could be hurting or a neighbor or, you know, just those little tiny things can just be such a huge um, um, light in someone else's world that might need a
1: yeah it the continue the the repetition of the word continue I find really striking because I think that's what life is that's what any intimate relationship is uh, that's what parenting is to me that's what dog walking is to me uh doing the laundry is to me doing the dishes is to me grocery shopping is like There's, there's a time when life for me was like very exciting, adventurous, and and it still is. But then as the older I've gotten and the more I've taken on more responsibilities in all those areas, the more burdensome it can feel too. Um, And that, you know, I run a bunch of marathons, but I often think that that's what life is too. You're sort of on this marathon and you can sort of pull over a little bit and take a little break, but you actually have to keep continuing forward. (laughs) Um, yeah. And there's, there's so much that gets bumpy or uphill along the way that we battle either internally or externally. Um, yeah, for sure. And the hope is that I guess in also what I hear in her writing too, Ali, is that, that we have the support or we seek it out, you know, from people, from mental health therapists, from, you know, taking walks, uh, yeah. sipping more water, uh, all of those things that we, Build a toolbox. I often think of like life is like have a toolbox that you know you carry that supports your mental health or your physical health or you know yeah. relationships. But uh,
0: yeah. I but there's not that. a roadmap. Yeah, <laughs> and I actually remember a class I took. They talk about your your toolbox of you know what can you pull out of your toolbox? What can you use in these situations? And they would go through different uh, scenarios and help you sort of learn um whatever it might be and I always love that analogy also because there is it's just like you're running a marathon with your toolbox
1: yeah it's true
0: it's true
1: yeah. it's true yeah oh oh okay you ready for another one I'm ready here's it well you know kind of in that same vein um with continue uh, another one from Nikita Gill this one's mm-hmm. called surviving but this one might kind of go hand in hand with Maya Angelou's uh, surviving. She says, we live in a world that would rather ask women, why did you stay with someone who hit you than ask why the man she had trusted with her love had betrayed her, had the audacity to think he had any right to hit her. We laud abusive men, celebrate their success, despite knowing about the accusations against them say that the women who accuse them are liars, and even if proved right, say that she is trying to destroy him, that she must have provoked him. And therein, I think, lies the problem. We blame women for the very violence that destroys their lives.
0: Hmm. Wow.
1: That's the survivorship piece of continuing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, wow, and it's Kind of silly but i'm just gonna mention it so we're watching house of cards mm-hmm. and there's a lot of like power struggle and politics and deceit and lies and murder it's crazy but it does give you like a little glimpse into like, the real world and how horrible and nasty it can be and um and, and i like how they switch the perspective you know what, instead of why didn't you leave it's how what did this person you love betray you mm-hmm. and like where did that go where did that change and go wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think those are the kind of questions we need to be asking and and just kind of switching the narrative a little bit
1: right. Yeah, it's a, such an interesting perspective to think about that relationship role. You know, uh, I've been having conversations around like gender. How much does gender play a part in our decision decision making or who's head of the household? But uh, what you spoke to, too, Molly, I, I think about all the women that I work with in prison and just many of my friends that have Me Too stories, you know, mm-hmm. especially as when do we choose to believe women and when do we say, no, 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 that couldn't have happened. That wasn't right. And, you know, my own, my own little piece of that is as a child, um, my godfather sexually abused me verbally over the phone and called repeatedly and asked me questions about my body and my vagina and, 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 you know, the fight, flight or freeze, I must have been younger than 10 because my mother was still alive and I was living in LA and, and it was the old days with the phone and the cord. Yeah. And so the first few times it happened, Molly, I just like froze and I, I could barely move or hang up the phone. And at some point one, during one of the calls, I was like, I have to tell my mom. And of course, there was all sorts of language of like, if you tell, I will hurt you. I will hurt your mom, blah, blah, blah.
0: You know, and, and
1: eventually I told my mom and she got a restraining order. But the piece sort of that I relate to this is that my godfather was one of my dad's best friends mm-hmm. and my dad was already living in Australia. And when my mom and I told my dad, he didn't believe me or us. Wow. You know, and he and he never has, and you know, there's there's a part of me, Molly, that's like never been able to forgive him for that, and and I am certain that it was this man's voice on the phone, but my dad's point of view was like, how could that have been him? Why would he do that? Mm-hmm. You know, and I've sort of said to my dad, I said, you know, you can choose to have a relationship with him, but I will not, and I will never, and um. You know I wasn't touched sexually in any way and so there's a part that I'm like it wasn't as bad as what so many other women have experienced but I still hold that like core belief of like my dad didn't believe me Mm. um you know and and what that means I think for for so many women whether it's like their significant other or a parental figure uh, even a sibling you know like who who is standing by us or who protects us in in those moments where we're we're fighting or looking to survive
0: yeah and who yeah. believes in us no matter what
1: right 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 like, um, oh, i was
0: like i mean you're, whatever you're saying is valid because it's your thoughts it's your emotions it's your it's your fact it's your interpretation and and our yeah. therapist talks about that too you're i'm interpreting your eye rolling, <laughs> even mm-hmm. if you want to leave the emotion out of it, I've interpreted that is that you're annoyed or you don't agree or whatever mm-hmm. it might be. Um, and it's, it's interesting because you do want that person that's on your side, no matter what, and that believes in you and believes what you're saying is to be true and, um, mm-hmm. you.
1: Right. Yeah. You know, and, and when do we, I think, stop believing other people's truths? Cause like many things in life, uh, opinions are subjective, right? So your story is different from mine and how do we make that decision, you know, of, of who we're going to believe, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I think about like court and, you know, law of you have a bunch of facts and you present them and, mm-hmm. but, but how do you do that in, in your own life or in relationships? Mm -hmm.
0: and and how different your perspective can change say you have a good friend that's um, betrayed you in some way or isn't a friend anymore has done so many things that has hurt you you know your perspective when you first knew them giving them the benefit of the doubt to the way that it changes so quickly you know it's interesting how that how that can go Um, and, and the book that I'm reading she talks about how um, one thing that has helped her because her she was raised that everybody's basically out to get you, <laughs> mm. <laughs> kind oh, of with gosh. like a wall up and as like a hesitation, and um, now she truly believes there's good in everyone and everybody she meets she gives them that benefit until proven otherwise, you know. And mm. I think that that's really pretty awesome um, to be mm-hmm. able to, you know, your wall to come down and say. And I would say I'm definitely on that side of the fence. I am much to give people like, there's no way they could have meant that, you know, yeah. I just, do. I'm just a very happy, easygoing, like things just don't get under my skin unless there's been something, say there's been something that's been going on that obviously is a pattern or whatever, but um, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but <laughs> I like oh, it. I'm, 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 fo- I'm following your train.
1: <laughs> okay, all right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know, uh, it, anyway, uh, survivorship, it, it, it lands, it comes in so many forms, whether it's like personal stories of our own or, or friends or people we work with or, or things, house of cards, things we see right. and, and watch other people experience. Um, yeah. the, 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 the idea of looking at stories as to whose side are we on you know, and, and how do we make those decisions yeah. is, is complex and, and it's something that I, am always interested in sort of grappling with, you know, same, same when your kid says, I didn't eat the candy and you see the wrapper on the floor and you're like, really, you know, like, do, do you believe them or, or you know, I, I mean, it, and how do you sort of navigate that? Uh, sure. sure. Yeah.
0: Anyway. All right. Okay. <laughs> one from young Pablo. Okay.
1: I hope we're saying his name right. Young Pablo, Young Pueblo.
0: Pueblo. Well, we apologize if we are saying it wrong. (laughs) Yeah, we'll have to ask him. I know. We often desire change in our lives, yet we reject the changes that will come out about spontaneously. This is a recipe that will repeatedly serve us misery. A mind full of attachments craves the fulfillment of its yearning, and attempts to mold the world into the shape it desires. When we are controlled by our attachments, we not only lose our peace of mind, we miss the opportunity to enjoy life's natural unfolding. In fact, all of the things we love and appreciate exist because of continuous change. Without change, life itself would not be possible. Real happiness arises when we can love ourselves and the world while welcoming and appreciating change. This does not mean that we should live like rocks and allow the river of change to flow around us. Love naturally motivates us to attempt to mold the world in a way that enhances love, but wisdom also teaches that we should get not get attached to things existing in an exact way because change will always come. Mm. Mm. Um, and I think that, in general um I see I actually like change I enjoy change I think it's maybe part of my personality um but like for example if I'm working on a project right now I'm working on a bird coloring book and I have to switch it up often just because I get kind of stagnant and I start to get bored with it um and this is even like after a few days of working on it Um, So I'll like go watercolor or do something different, um, you know, work on packaging some coloring books, things like that. Um, But there are definitely things in my life that I don't want to change that, you know, you see changing, say, for example, family traditions sort of shift and change as you get married, you know, as your parents get older and can't I I think about traditions like the holidays. You know, my my grandma would always host Thanksgiving, and mm-hmm. it was so much fun. She'd have all these card tables out, and like have you know everybody in, and it was this tiny house. But you know everybody would just pack in, and laugh, and just have so much fun. And it was really hard when my grandma got uh, older and couldn't host anymore. And you know I think about that as a negative that I didn't want to change. Um, but kind of embracing those shifting of, of traditions, um, mm. that aren't always easy. And mm. kind of one thing that caught, that came to my mind is like, you can, there's change that's good. And then there's change that is, can be really hard. Um, and, and I think of also one change that I went through with my, um, health where I couldn't run anymore. And they told me to stop, you know, having stimulants like coffee, which I love coffee, oh. What all of these things <laughs> I was like oh my gosh are you serious and that was extremely hard um I went through a significant bout of depression just because it was like all of these things that I loved that were so important for my mental health were like taken right out from underneath me and I was just like I don't know what to do with myself but in that in that change I switched over to doing yoga every day and I absolutely loved it. I did more restorative type exercises. um, And, you know, it was wonderful. And, um, you know, so you resist those changes in the moment and it can be really hard, but then you see the beauty that can come from them too. So.
1: Yeah. No, that's, that's such a great um, thing to think about Molly. Is sometimes we choose change and sometimes change is forced upon us.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it's not often comfortable, yeah. (laughs) you know, and and I think that's where the resistance comes in for a lot of us, right? It's like, oh, I know I'm going to have to get up earlier. Oh, I'm going to have to give up this substance. Oh, Mm -hmm. whatever it is that that you're, you know, looking, wanting to change. And uh, I was listening to Dare to Lead, Brené Brown's podcast, and she's interviewing, uh, I forget his name right now, but he wrote Atomic Habits. And it's a two-part conversation. It's really fascinating, but the book Atomic Habits is really about what it takes to make and break a habit, whether it's addiction or whether it's like, I want to lose weight. And, you know, and one of the things he really speaks to, he's very specific on like, here are the tools, but is, is the baby steps, Hmm. you know, of like, we can't say we're going to run a marathon today and, and, you know, sign up for it next week, but that the little steps that take us to like making something that feels impossible happen um, is what the habit begins to build towards, you know. Um, I think it, it also change. also, I think of change, Molly. Yes, I can think of it as the seasons, the leaves changing, falling colors, snow.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but that also change invites me to think about emotionally what happens, you know, as, as things shift. Um, and I just pulled this little piece kind of to, to frame it. Naira Wahidi. this is from a self-published book called Salt of hers. Um, yeah. I just loved her poems. They're they're teeny tiny. Um, this one's called uh, Nothing. There, there's no titles to most of these, but she ends it usually with a word. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one says, expect sadness like you expect rain. Both cleanse you. And then the last word is natural. Mm. and I thought that makes me think um what you were speaking to about change you know it is that the things that we want often we have to go through something to get there yeah. <laughs> something hard <laughs> or a hurdle um yeah
0: mm, I love that it's it's true it's it's I mean sadness and tears can be hard but it does feel very cleansing when you've like let it come to the surface and just almost like physical tears drop it's like it you know falls away and, and then you can you feel like you can move on in yeah. you know, the next moment
1: yeah,
0: so, a
1: little yeah. and and I'll just share one more because it's just t- sure. two, sen- two sentences from her but it, it's sort of in frame with what we're speaking to here she mm-hmm. says where you are is not who you are and then the last line is dash circumstances Mm. Um, you know and and that makes me think of like how emotions can shift for us but so can change it can shift us from a place or a person or you know a a physical state to something different and it's often what I think about too when I'm working with women that are in prison Mm. is, is that I'm interested in who they are not necessarily what they did because we've all done things you know that are part of our history um, but w- like Maya Angelou's piece, but we're finding a way to continue, you know? Yeah. Um, and it, that that's hard to really remember, like where you are is not who you are. Um,
0: it's, it's so true. I mean, the book I'm reading, she talks about how, like I said, her parents, she just didn't have a good childhood. Um, and it, you know, it was really hard for her, but she realized that, you know, in that, in that instance, that. She was not her family or her parents. It she was, you know, someone different than uh, she was raised by, because mm. um, you know it was like she almost labeled herself as my father's daughter, you know, and it was hard for her because there was no. It was well, I guess there, Not that there was no love, but it was it was a different kind of love and respect for her parents, just because it was such turmoil all the time. And so she can honor that, but then know that, like, she over here is, a, is her own unit and can create her own life, you know, especially as she becomes an adult. Um, so, yeah, it's a beautiful thing, really, hearing mm-hmm. her
1: story. Mm-hmm. It's, it's uh, st- stories, isn't it? Like, just just reflecting on all these different words um, that it. pull us together.
0: Yeah, <laughs> really do. And it's just, um, it's touching because you really, when I don't know if you're, if you have this situation or this um, same thing that goes on in your mind, but when I hear these poems, it's like you have flashes of your own life and just mm-hmm. how you can relate to it
1: mm-hmm. and
0: um, what it brings up. And that's what I love about poems, too, is it kind of, You're like, oh, I can relate to that because of this situation, or this is the way I feel also, or I don't feel that way, or what, you know, or you get defensive or whatever it might be. Um, It's just, it's neat to hear someone else's perspective about different, different things.
1: Yeah, it really is. It really
0: is. Do you have another one, Molly, you want to share? I have some other ones. How are we doing on time? Are we good on
1: time? I, I'm okay. I, I could share one, one or two more.
0: Okay. Um, this one's a fairly um, short one. This is okay. Eckhart um, it's like three different ones and they're all short. So I'll read them all three and they kind of go hand in hand. The past has no power over the present moment. Realize deeply that the present moment is all you have. Make the now the primary focus of your life acknowledging the good that you already have in your life is the foundation of all abundance. And that goes, you know, along with a lot of the things you've been talking about, just kind of living in, in this moment and, and, um, you know, not projecting sort of the past or the future. And and I think that that really helps me with my anxiety too. And and that mindfulness um, that I also learned in one of my classes that I took just, um, you know, one thing that helped me always ground myself was just this getting back to your senses. So I would say, you know, four things that I can see, three things I can hear, touch, you know, and that really helped me come back to this moment. So if you struggle with that or struggle with anxiety, I encourage you to try it, you know, because it's, I'm reminding myself too, because I can sometimes get so busy that I forget about that, Um, but it really, really helps. Uh, come back to to come back to the moment and one other thing that really helps me too is just getting outside Mm. Um, you know just like watching the tree branches or watching or listening to the birds or you know whatever it might be it's just such a wonderful peaceful thing to just get out in nature if you can Um, Mm. kind of helps ground you also
1: i i I love that Um, the practice of the senses malia to come back to yourself i have another friend that she calls them her sensual walks Mm. and and, you know she said it's it's a walk around the block you know a five mile walk however much time or energy you have and just really taking in yeah what am i seeing hearing Mm -hmm. tasting what can i touch what can i smell Uh, yeah that it reconnects you and you know brings you back to your nervous system too and it's a great reminder, simple and yet easy to put on the back burner. (laughs) Oh, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Time for one more? Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I'll, you know, I've read a few of Nikita Gill's, so maybe this is a nice one to end on. I'll I'll switch over and and read Mm -hmm. one on community from Pixie Light Horse. Okay. Um, This is from her book, Prayers of Honoring. Uh, yeah, she identifies as Native American. Uh, she's a friend of a friend, actually, and lives out here in Oregon. Um, it's kind of long, and I almost find her work like prayers. So, mm-hmm. so take this as you will. This piece is called Honoring Community. Thank you for the ones who find their way to our sides, our brothers, sisters, tribes and clans. Thank you for the willingness to take care of one another and value our contributions as a whole. Help us to put the good of the whole before the good of the few. We need your support as we take the next steps to expand. Ease our fears and teach us to gather in a circle of equals. Remind us that a circle has no beginning and no end, and that nature contains innumerable examples of the beauty of co leading and the sacred geometry of many parts working as one. Manage our defenses, diffuse our bombs, humble us so that we can tune into your divine frequency again and hear each other's joys and cries. Impart to us immense tolerance for the eccentricities in one another, knowing that we have them too. Strengthen our connections and bring us together like family. Remove our irrational fears of moving along the road together and allow us to look at all options for teaming up. Inspire in us the creativity required to dream outside of our insular boxes and single family homes, and instead meet up at the fireside to break some bread together and spread our beautiful ideas out on the table like a feast. Lean us into one another's shoulders when we need a little care. Fill us with unsaleable hope that our collaborations will yield great harvests. Humble our pace with patience for each other. Slow our progress when we need to take a break to truly appreciate it and understand the consequences. Clear our injuries so we can hear just what's being presented today. Teach us to barter and trade for what we need Show us new ways conducting of community and commerce that benefit our higher purposes and our fellowship. Remind us that not so long ago, our currency was simply trading our best work for someone else's to meet our needs. Burn up our excess ego and inspire our communications with thunderous compassion. Provide us with the strength of character needed to be good to each other. Let us default to great love in times of doubting ourselves and one another as we work together toward solutions.
0: Mm. Wow. It's a lot there. That's really powerful.
1: Yeah. Her language always feels like a full meal to me.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well said. I mean, you can visualize everything too. You can visualize people around the fire breaking bread and yeah sharing stories or whatever it might be yeah yeah, awesome. yeah. What's I, I hope
1: is? her name is pixie light horse what a name yeah this is the cover of this book if you're listening this is prayers of honoring by pixie light horse and we have all of her books at this point point. and uh, yeah really beautiful in-depth language so uh, yeah yeah but I hope you get a copy of it so you can ingest more of her work and, and all of the work we've shared today. You know, we've shared some Maya Angelou, Ithart Tolle, Young Pueblo, uh, Naira Wahid, Nikita Gill. Oh got soul. it.
0: Yeah, go grab it. That's right. Yeah,
1: yeah. Sp- spend some money, support your local bookstores. That's right. And, uh, and read aloud. This has been such a great gift to read to each other aloud there's something I happens
0: mean, yeah
1: yeah it doesn't happen enough and, and i also think there's something to be said about when you take the words off the page and put them in your mouth
0: <laughs> so true. i process them differently for sure than just yeah. you know, reading in my mind um so me just, too like, and
1: and i hear different things you know molly I'm like sure. when you when you read to me that things land differently as opposed to if i looked at it on the page i'm certain so it's true it's true taste smell see hear your language that's right <laughs> that, that's our message have a sensory experience with yeah. language and uh yeah let it let it light you up
0: that's right absolutely thanks
1: for listening today everyone hey and we'll we'll, we'll see time. you next time <laughs>